Welcome back to Keeping It Normal with Emily. I love filming my little intros. Like I already, I always say it every week that I dance alone in my basement, but it's true. Um, so tonight's episode, today's episode, this week's episode, you guys, we're all over the place. Even what episode are we on? I think 10, 9. I don't know. I'm terrible at this. My basement is still under construction and therefore we have not had regular weekly episodes. I promise that is coming soon, probably. <laughs> but today's episode, we are talking to Sarah. I, uh, mom on the struggle bus on Instagram. I'm going to link her Instagram below. She actually reached out to me on Instagram, which I think is really fun because her platform and page is all about, um, birth, pregnancy, motherhood, opening the conversation. Like I, we do here, we talk about things that aren't talked about or posted about and kind of with a more realistic lens, um, maybe some issues you can have after pregnancy birth. Um, and we kind of just have a, a candid conversation about that and, and kind of like the, I guess you could say the negative things that aren't really talked about a lot. I had two pretty standard vaginal births, epidural, um, my first birth, I labored for 18 hours. I pushed her out in 15 minutes, um, lots of stitches, but overall it went very well. I was kind of like that annoying person. I lost weight while I was pregnant. I bounced back insanely quick. She breastfed like a dream. I breastfed till she was almost two. It was so easy. She, I, I had barely a dollop of a stretch mark. I was so like, it just was like that pregnancy and that birth story, um, and then my son was a different story and he sat so low in my stomach and was so large and like separated my abs and my labor was shorter. It was only eight hours, but physically, physically took longer to recover from anyway, it was, you know, it's, I have like two kind of different experiences, but, um, Sarah goes into how she now has um, pelvic floor issues and nerve, you know, she had nerve issues in her leg and she kind of had to choose between medication and breastfeeding. We just get into like a really cool conversation about all of that. And I think the biggest takeaway for me was to be an advocate for yourself. Um, women's health can tend to be brushed aside and written off as just, oh, that's something that happens in pregnancy. Um, and I think so the biggest takeaway is just is talk, have the conversation, be an advocate for yourself and throw the birth plan out the door because you never know what's going to happen. But let's dive into this conversation. I'm really excited for you guys to hear it. Hi, Sarah. How are you? Hi, it's so nice to meet you, Emily. I, I know. feel like you're a super celebrity. We're, <laughs> just... ah, we're officially meeting uh, on my podcast. And actually, Sarah messaged me on Instagram, which I love, and kind of wanted to talk about what we're going to talk about today. Um, but so what what prompted you to do that? Why were you what, what was in your mind of just like, I'm going to go for it? I just, well, first of all, I saw you had a podcast and I think you're amazing. Thank and you. one of the reasons why I think you're so amazing is because you keep it real mm -hmm. and you make other people feel good about themselves. And 
one of the, you know, I love your hashtag normalizing normal. And so to me, you know, in my journey as you know, becoming a mom and talking to other women as they've become mothers and gone through different struggles, you know, there's so much that happens that nobody yeah. talks about. So and much. That nobody even knows is even a thing. You know, yeah. like I remember, I mean, I'll go through my story in a little bit, but with everything that I've been going through, I'm like, how come nobody told me that any of this was even possible? Yes. I don't understand. I just said that to myself earlier today, like where, what, I think it, I think the tides are turning a little bit by conversations like these and people are talking about it more openly, but just like where, where were all of these conversations about pregnancy, birth, motherhood? Like I had such an unrealistic idea in my head painted before I became a mom. Yes. I like to call it my Disney dreams, <laughs> like the, the, you know, the perfect real yes. like the perfect like beautiful expectations of things and that's what I had I had these Disney dreams of what being a mom was and when you look on social media a lot of people are just showing my perfect house my perfect life my perfect everything and it just you're like where is the the realness mom friends will be honest with you, you yeah hope, you know yeah. but then not everybody has mom friends yeah and it is the biggest relief when a mom friend or maybe a family member or something when you when you talk about something hard and almost like in a like you feel maybe a little shame about it or whatever it is and they just kind of go oh yeah that happened to me too and it's like the biggest yes. sigh of relief <laughs> like oh it really gosh, is I'm not alone yeah it really is that actually that happened to me one of my friends when I was uh when I first started to experience um symptoms of pelvic floor dysfunction I told my friend you know this is going on with me and she's like oh yeah I have that too and like, really yeah yeah I had no idea so I'd love for you to just introduce yourself how many kids you have how old you are and then we'll dive into a little bit about your story so my name is Sarah I am 37 years old my I have one baby it's my first child mm -hmm. and she is 11 months now uh, she's gonna be one in a couple of weeks oh my gosh uh, I know <laughs> I just it it's insane how when they say time flies it really does yeah it um, really does and yeah so I was I was a super active person I loved running and doing races and um you know, I was, I did adult gymnastics class. I did everything I possibly could. Um, I was a, a teacher, early childhood teacher. So I was always up and about, you know, running around with young kids and I got pregnant and, you know, my Disney dreams, I was super excited. Um, and then in the, in the end of my first trimester, I started to feel numbness and tingling in my leg. And it started in, in my left leg, in my knee, and it just kind of started creeping up. And I remember creeping up my leg, and I remember telling my gynecologist, hey, you know, because, um, you know, when you're pregnant, you go to the doctor, like, all the time. Yeah. And so I told her, hey, you know, I feel this weird tingling in my leg, and she just kind of brushed it off. Like, yeah. she was like, oh, yeah, you know, these things happen when you're pregnant. It's like, what do you mean these things happen? Nobody <laughs> right, told right. me. That this, that these things happen right and 
you know, she said, oh, yeah, you know, it'll probably just go away after you have your baby. And she referred me to a physical therapist, and it was, it, it just kept creeping up and up and up my leg. And it got to mm-hmm. the point where I had to sleep with ice packs on my leg because wow. my leg was on fire. And it was really hard for me to walk as well. Like it got to the point where, you know, as when you're pregnant, as you get bigger, it's hard to walk anyway. You but, start to waddle. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. But it was really hard for me to walk. Like I could only walk like 10 minutes, super mm-hmm. slow. And so, but again, I felt like, you know, the PT I went to see, she was just kind of like, oh, these things happen. And everybody just kept telling me these things happen and, oh, it'll go away when you have your baby. And and just kind of brushing it off like it wasn't yeah. a big deal. And so um, after, so then my baby, she ended up coming early, six weeks early. So she was mm. born at 33 and a half weeks prematurely. Um, and so that was another thing. I was yeah. like, well, nobody prepared me for this right. either, you know, and then um I and then I literally had 20 people in the delivery room <laughs> like they told me wow. they were like they told me um yes we're gonna get the team ready you look like you're ready to deliver so we're gonna get the team ready and they're gonna be in here and I was like okay yeah <laughs> and then like yeah. five minutes later literally 20 people walk in the room wow. um so yeah so if you have a premature baby 20 people see you give birth so <laughs> I didn't know that. Uh, now every, everybody listening knows. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I was, I had no idea what having a premature baby meant. Um, yeah. And, you know, I, I remember crying when they were like, at, when she came and I, well, she was about to come. And I was crying because they told me that they were going to take her away. Oh, and I was yeah. like, so I can't hold my baby um, after she's born, you know, right. and that's, that's the, the biggest part of the Disney dream, you know, <laughs> right, when angels sing and the baby's placed on your bed. <laughs> yeah. Exactly, exactly. And so, so I'm literally like crowning and my baby's like right there coming out and I'm like crying. Cause I'm like, I can't hold my baby. And they, I think they just wanted me to stop crying. Yeah. <laughs> so, they were like, so they were like, sure, sure. Here, take your baby. <laughs> just oh my gosh. Crying. And so they gave her to me for like a second and then they took her away. And uh, yeah. And I just had no idea what it meant to have a premature baby. And, and it's, you know, there's a lot of uncertainty, what it meant to have a baby in the NICU, you know, right. and there's, there's so much uncertainty there. And on top of already going through like postpartum hormones, which is another thing nobody really talks about is all the hormones. Oh my and gosh. Like in the, the difficulty afterwards. Um, so. Yeah. yeah. It affects so much your mm-hmm. hormones and yeah. <laughs> it really it's does. Not, it's really not talked about. It's just kind of talked about. Hey, you got the baby blues. How are you feeling? Um, and then yeah. that's kind of it. Yeah, like when I went to the doctor, um, you know, for my postpartum checkup, she was like, "Oh, well, you seem to be doing well." And I was like, "Are you kidding?" Right. <laughs> oh you are like, you must be joking. Like this is a joke. Am I in the stand-up routine or something? Right. Because like 
<laughs> I like I feel like I'm going insane. But yeah, so um a few months after she was born, I had I had um signs of pelvic floor dysfunction and I didn't understand what that was. I didn't even know what my pelvic floor was. Yeah. You know, which is something also I feel like is not really explained to women when you're pregnant. No. Um and so because pregnancy has a big effect on your pelvic floor. So Oh yeah. Um fun fact to all the women listening out there, um you should not be peeing on yourself. You don't know how many people Emily have told me that they cannot jump on the trampoline yes. because they pee a little bit. Yep. Like that should not be happening. That is a pelvic floor issue because of birth and you should go to pelvic floor therapy. And I don't know why doctors don't explain these things. It's painted as like the joke. Like you got to cross your legs when you sneeze and like, that's just what happens. I've had kids. Like it's painted as this very normal thing. Like, yep, that's what happens. You have Mm -hmm. a baby and then you're going to pee in the middle of the store. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Yeah. No, I don't know if you've ever read the book, um, Girl, Wash Your Face. It's by Rachel Hollis. Oh, um, Rachel Hollis, she writes several self-help books. And she um, says in one of her books, I mean, she's writing this in a book that she pee in a self-help book. She's writing (laughs) that she pees when she jumps on the trampoline. Yeah. how come no doctor has told you that you need to go to pelvic floor therapy? Yeah. <laughs> because you should not be talking to people in self-help books. Like, it's just funny that you pee because you jump on a trampoline. Right. And she's not the only one that's told me that. And like you yeah. said, it's just made into a joke. Mm-hmm. And it's not. You know, women's health is not a joke. And I yeah. feel like so much, one of the reasons why I messaged you is because I do feel like so much of women's health is brushed off is made into a joke for sure and so much is like with with you with like the pain in your leg it's kind of just like oh that's that can happen in pregnancy like that's just Mm -hmm. a thing (laughs) exactly yeah so much is roped into that of just kind of yeah brushing it off and just kind of not taking it seriously yeah and and you know and just understanding what what the treatment for these things mean like right you know if you um so if you have pelvic floor dysfunction to a certain level like you might need to take medication or you know like for me with my leg because it was a nerve issue um you know I, I take medication and it's like well you can't take medication if you're also breastfeeding so oh. you have to kind of pick between you know mm. your body and you know your health of your body and giving your child breast milk right and so for the first 6 months i did give my child breast milk but then after that um i decided you know that i was i i was done and I wanted to take the medication and so um so yeah so I think you know and for moms that's a really hard decision too that's not talked about Mm -hmm. you know the the breast milk versus formula and you know people don't talk about that how you know they one of my friends she she was not able to provide enough breast milk for her her daughter we had 
babies were all at the same time and she was not able to provide enough breast milk for her daughter. And she said, oh, you know, I thought I would have freezers full of breast milk. And, yeah. you know, and I feel like there's this, this idea that, you know, everybody is just supposed to be able to breastfeed their babies. Well, and it's, that's like a whole nother topic and a whole nother conversation because that's pushed so heavily. Um, I, I had a friend who's, who had a son and, um, it was her first baby. So, you know, everything's new and her lactation consultant in the hospital was really pushing breast milk and really, really pushing it. And she was like, I feel like he's not getting enough. And they're like, just keep at it. And they literally, he ended up in the NICU like starving because they had like it was pushed so hard and that formula wasn't even an option it was just like nope just keep doing this keep doing this it'll be fine and you know thank goodness you know she realized something was up and brought him in um but yeah that's and and that's another thing it's like it's so there's a lot of judgment put on the mom whichever way you choose i don't care which way you choose there's judgment either way um and it becomes less about okay, well, what's best for my health versus the choice I'm trying to do or trying to make for my child. And it all becomes centered of like, no, this is a decision you're making and one is right and one is wrong, which yeah. it shouldn't be that way. But I, I, yeah, I agree. And there's so many yeah. things also that are not, again, that are not talked about, that are not discussed. It's just kind of like, well, you're going to have your baby and then you're going to breastfeed. There's, you know, but there's yeah. babies who don't latch. Right. There's... Um, there's pumping. Pumping is hard. You know, yeah. that's something that's not discussed how hard yeah. pumping is. Um, you know, my baby, she was in the NICU. So that's one thing too, is she had a really hard time latching. Um, and there's babies that are born full term though, that don't latch. Right. Um, and so, you know, these are all things or they had not having enough breast milk. You know, mm -hmm. these are all things that are, um, that are not that are not discussed you know yeah. it's just okay you had your baby now you need to right. breastfeed now now here's your pump and go home <laughs> yeah and that's really what it is I mean they really just kind of here's your baby go have fun yeah. figuring it all out <laughs> with nothing here you go keep it this really... thing alive yeah but that's exactly. what it is it really is. And, you know, I, I feel like going through all of this, I have a much bigger appreciation for all mothers, mm -hmm. um, you know, because motherhood is, motherhood is tough. And, you know, a lot is, like we said, a lot is not said, a lot is put on you. And you just have to smile and say that you like it. And there's this feeling that if you say you don't like it, you're a bad mother. Yes. Yeah. It's definitely equated to you're un, you know, you're not grateful for your children. You don't love your children. Why did you choose this? If you're going to complain about it, mm -hmm. um, they want you, society wants you to have that painted picture, that Disney dream and pretend that's what's going on <laughs> when I've never met a mother that that's that's actually what it is, by the way. Never one person who has ever experienced parenthood motherhood is ever the Disney dream in like there's always something. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like 
So that's so important because for whatever reason, that Disney dream is still portrayed for, I think even like for everything, even like birth, I feel like, I don't know. <laughs> birth hurts like nobody's business. <laughs> I and, But I think everybody's, everyone's going to have, like every person I've talked to has like a story, like something happened big or small. It was everybody's own journey. Everyone does birth mm -hmm. differently. Something happens like were you someone that had like, because it was your first baby. So do you, did you have like a plan? Like this is my birth plan. Oh yeah. Oh my God. You did. I was so naive. <laughs> um, I wanted to do natural birth. Um, God bless you. Yeah. <laughs> which is, which is great. If you're one oh, of yeah. those people that just like your water breaks and then you pop them out, you know, yeah. that's great. I know. I, have I know. so much. I'm in awe of anyone who does that, honestly. Yeah. I mean, I'm amazed by people like that. I mean, everybody's, and the thing is that I've, that I've learned is that you don't know how your body is going to respond to birth yeah. until you actually get there. And exactly. so there are those women that they, they literally give birth in an hour and yeah. that's it. And yeah. so, but for me, I was in labor for um 22 from when my water broke to when my baby was born was 22 yeah. hours so there I made it about seven hours and yeah. then I was like no I want the epidural you know I I think I've never heard of anybody that their birth plan was actually followed I don't think I have either <laughs> Because it's so, there's so many things that can happen throughout the whole process mm -hmm. that it's really hard to select, like, this is exactly how I want it to go in this order. And this is what I want to have happen. I'm sure somewhere that exists, that it went exactly as planned. Um, but I would say like majority of the time, like something's going to go off course at some point somewhere. You yeah. got to roll with it. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. You just have to roll with it. So your daughter is almost a year old. So these issues, these health issues and physical issues that you have, are you still experiencing that at this stage? Yeah. So okay. it's been a roller coaster ride. Luckily, my family has been super supportive. So I go to the doctor. Um, I go to the doctor. I go to the physical therapist. I, I, I also see a therapist um, for mental health. Um, and so I probably have about three to five appointments every week. Um, and that doesn't include appointments for my, for my daughter. Cause you know, babies also have to go to the doctor a lot. Right. So, um, um, especially because she was premature. So, um, right. so she, in the first six months, she had to go to the doctor every month and she has oh, to wow. do like extra testing. She has to do like, I have to take her to do, um, a hearing test um after she turns one so there's just extra things she has to do um because she was premature so with my appointments and her appointments it's usually like five appointments in one week so wow my family has been really supportive and you know child care is yeah really can be really hard to come by so yeah um, I feel really fortunate to have my family as a support system. My Instagram account that I created was just for other mothers going through similar situations as me that have chronic conditions, chronic illnesses. And it's just amazing 
to see the resilience Mm -hmm. and to hear their stories. That's one benefit, a big benefit of social media that I have found is it's not the same support system in terms of childcare and stuff, but there is something really powerful about someone else going through the same thing as you or something similar or just being there to lift you up. And what I've seen it in social media personally, and I'm, it's just given the opportunity to find groups of people like that, um, which I think is really, really cool and makes such a big difference. And that's why I think it's so important to talk about stuff like this with a realistic lens and it's not to scare anybody away from pregnancy or birth or having kids or motherhood but it's just so people don't go into it blind understanding how your body works yeah and what happens to your body during pregnancy i think is not scaring people it's just educating yeah. people yeah and you know, understanding how to take care of your body after pregnancy is also so important. One thing that my um, pelvic floor physical therapist said was like, she thinks everybody should be in pelvic floor PT during and after pregnancy. And, you know, a big part of it as well, because there's other conditions that women get from pregnancy, like diastasis recti. I know several people that have had that condition. Yeah. And um and that's another thing they've all said, well, I didn't even know that this was a thing. I didn't even know yeah. that this was possible. <laughs> I I have that. Like my abs are separated. Oh. Um but I remember my first pregnancy, I would like um <laughs> I would like do like a sit up kind of move and my belly would cone which mm-hmm. is a no no. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know it was a no no. I thought it was silly. I'd be like, look at my belly. And I keep doing that. And then it was, and my first pregnancy, I was, you know, different physical shape. I was younger. It didn't really affect it too much, actually. But I remember like watching a video. It popped up. I don't, I don't remember where it was, Instagram or something. And it was like, is your stomach coning? Like, don't let it do that. Like, let's let, you know, here's how you should be sitting up so you're not coning your stomach, which is like tearing your muscles apart. And I was like, wait, what? I shouldn't be doing that. I'm like, why didn't anybody tell me about this? Exactly. Yeah. Like, why isn't this in like the pregnancy handbook that the doctor gives you? Yes. You know, like they just tell you like, oh, don't take ibuprofen. (laughs) Right. Don't don't eat sushi raw. Avoid yeah. turkey, gas station turkey. Exactly, right? And I'm like, yeah. okay, thanks. Like, I, I didn't eat gas station turkey before, but I'm definitely right. not going to eat it now. You right. know? And it's like, I would rather know that I shouldn't, you know, cone my belly or that, yes. like, I shouldn't be peeing on myself, you know, right. like, that that's right. not normal. It's just educating. I think there's just such a lack like one yeah. of the biggest reasons why I wanted to come and talk to you and get the word out was because, yeah, I just think there's such a lack of of education about about our bodies as yeah. women and what our bodies go through in pregnancy and how we can care for our bodies, you know, before, during, after pregnancy. Well, and I think it just opens the conversation of because I think it's so easy to brush stuff out of your own mind, like 
oh, my leg is numb. Oh, that's probably just a weird pregnancy thing. And never, you know, it's like, it's okay to be your own advocate, talk about it, talk to your doctor about it. Um, and I do, yeah, like, like you said, talking about it is the solution because you hear something, you realize something and you go, oh, that's not normal. Oh, maybe I need to go talk to my doctor about that or for whatever it is. Um, one of my posts is about the handicap placard. So in Illinois, yeah, in your third trimester of pregnancy in Illinois, you can get a handicap parking placard. I wish I had known. Yes, right, me too. I saw your post about that and I was like, wait, what? So yeah, so in your, I I don't know. I mean, I guess we'd have to look up. We, you were in Illinois too, right? Obviously. Yes, yeah. Yeah, so we, we both live in Illinois. So yeah, in your, I did not realize that in your third trimester of pregnancy, yeah, you can get a temporary handicap parking placard, which, like we said, when you're pregnant, especially in your third trimester, like you're like you said, you're just like waddling. You're just waddling. <laughs> you know? You're in pain. And I told it, I said it to my friend who's in her third trimester, uh, or who's pregnant now, and she, um, oh yeah, my my OB didn't even know. She's like, I told my OB, she didn't even know. And I'm like, well, wow. Why don't? Yeah, I, I had don't, never like, heard that. Yeah, why don't OBs know this? So it's just things like that, you know, information like that that's just not, again, just like not talked about, not given to women. And it's like, why? Right. Why aren't these things talked I about, know. you know? And it's a it's a yeah. chronic problem in our country that women's health is yeah. not taken seriously and is, yeah. is brushed aside. Right. Yeah, you hear far too many stories about that across all spectrums of all sorts of things. But yeah, it definitely is. And um, and it just keeps the, the best way to combat that is with education and information and conversation. Mm-hmm. That sounds like a tagline for something. <laughs> <laughs> Should be your new bumper. I just sticker. came up with it. <laughs> But it's true. It's true. It takes and it takes being vulnerable and talking about things that might be uncomfortable or and and that's my whenever a friend or anyone like that I know gets pregnant, the thing I tell them is like, okay, I've done this only twice, but um no question you ask me is too weird. Like mm-hmm. if you want to text me a weird pregnancy question about something happening with your body to see like if I went through the same thing, I was like, nothing is too weird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like there's no limits. <laughs> because then and they do like I have friends text me like I don't know I think my sister or something was just like did your vagina randomly have stabbing pain I was like yes that's called lightning crotch (laughs) opens up the door to like my body's gonna do some weird things like what's normal what's not did you experience it Mm -hmm. it's good to have the conversation (laughs) it's not a bad thing at all to advocate for yourself and speak up and and take it seriously if you feel like it's serious I really appreciate it when celebrities are are really honest as well um Mm. like one person that really inspired me a lot was serena williams because she talked a lot about her breastfeeding journey Mm -hmm. and she talked about how she stopped breastfeeding because it was um she was not able to get into a full training weight um Mm. because that was that because a lot of people there's like this myth about breastfeeding that everybody who breastfeeds you know you lose you know yeah. you, you lose all your weight and yeah. um and that's that's not always true you know that happens for some people some people it doesn't 
Right. And so I was really, I really appreciated how she was really honest about that, how she wasn't able to get into, you know, full shape that she needed to be into. And yeah. so she decided to stop breastfeeding and it was very emotional for her. Yeah. Um, but she decided to stop at seven months and, you know, in her just sharing her traumatic birth story about, you know, how she almost died giving birth. And it's, you know, I think, I think when people are honest about these things, they, they make them okay to talk about and yeah. they make other people feel seen and heard. Yeah. Um, which is, well, again, which is why you're normalizing normal, you know, meant so much to me and why I reached out to you, because I think you help people feel seen and heard. And, um, and I just think that's so important for, for everybody, um, but especially for women who, like I said, their pain, their health is brushed aside. Yeah. And, um, and there's just so many women out there that have these traumatic birth stories that have these chronic health conditions and you know their voices are so important yeah I totally agree and um yeah I just I I want to thank you for trusting my platform and space to share your story and to bring kind of conversation to the topic and hopefully someone out there listening it benefited them in some way and maybe you know, you're going to pay attention to maybe you, maybe you're now going to go get therapy because you're peeing your pants and that, you know, <laughs> that's a good thing. But, um, I am going to link all of Sarah's social, uh, information where you can find her platforms and follow along with her story, um, in the description of this podcast. But Sarah, thank you so much for joining me and talking and telling your story and just kind of opening this conversation. Thank you so much. Um, I'm going to make a post about not peeing your pants yes. <laughs> um, and public floor physical therapy uh, with yeah. more information about that. I just so appreciate you, Emily. Thank you so much yeah. for having me on. I have loved talking to you. I love you your too. Instagram account and I, mm -hmm. um, I just think you're such an inspiration. Thank you so much. And uh, yeah, well, thank you. And we will talk again soon. Well, that was a really fun conversation with Sarah. Make sure you guys go follow her and check her out. Um, I hope that just kind of opened your eyes a little, maybe through a little nugget of conversation your way about just how important it is to advocate for yourself and pay attention to your body and and know that, um, you know, not everything is talked about. And, you know, we kind of wish we had a better handbook for it all, but uh, at the end of the day, you are your biggest advocate and you are not insignificant or a burden for one, you know, asking questions and wanting to double check to make sure everything's okay. So I hope you guys have a wonderful day, a wonderful weekend, and we will see you soon um, back on Keeping It Normal.